Mic check. Mic. Oh, cool. We're on. Awesome. Um, <laughs> never know. All right. Um, well, good morning, church. Um, I'm certainly excited we to be standing. We help the most historically. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> so I'm extremely excited to be sharing this message with you this morning. Um, God's really laid this passage of scripture on my heart over the past um, couple of months, but really just in the past couple of weeks, um, this passage of scripture just has uh, just spoken to me a lot. Um, you just heard a song by uh, Shane and Shane called Surely Goodness and Surely Mercy. Um, if you uh, have ever heard Psalm 23, pretty much every lyric of that song was plagiarized from Psalm 23. Um, Shane and Shane, they, uh, um, I saw them in concert one time, and they say they love writing Christian music because they can just take the Bible and plagiarize it, and people love it, because um, people love to sing Scripture. And um, so Psalm 23 is a, a passage that's really spoken to me in the season of life I'm in. Um, we have had a really awesome summer with a student ministry. So we've had this, like, we took uh, 21 students to camp. Uh, we had 36 uh, students come to our uh, lock-in and hear the gospel presentation at the lock-in. And we've had just this really great summer. And I don't know if you know this this morning, um, but we had two students doing... Uh, quite a bit of stuff in this service this morning. Um, over here you had uh, Abraham, uh, he's an eighth grader playing guitar. Um, and he's been helping me up in the student ministry. Yeah, give him a hand. Um, we probably just totally embarrassed him, but that's okay. Um, but, uh, and then up uh, above you, uh, Ben Love, he's been working in the sound booth for the last several months, and he pretty much did most of your sound stuff this morning. Um, so it's pretty awesome having uh, students that are not only just coming up here to hear the Word of God, but they're actually serving uh, the church, which I think has uh, been really cool to see uh, this summer in our student ministry. Um, but this summer has also been uh, difficult. I practiced this, and it didn't happen, but um, my Granny B, uh, she was my grandma. She was diagnosed with cancer. She uh, passed away about two weeks ago. And then my father-in-law was diagnosed with cancer as well uh, about a month ago. So it's been extremely difficult. But then the good news comes, and I shouldn't be crying when I say this, uh, <laughs> but Casey and I find, found out that she was, uh, she's pregnant and due in March. So that's exciting, right? <laughs> So it's been an extremely up-and-down type of summer, great highs and great lows. And um, as I was at my uh, Granny B's visitation, I was talking with my uh, great-uncle Lynch, and he found out I was uh, preaching on sun, uh, coming up. He's like, so what are you preaching on? And I kind of told him a few different things that I, I was thinking about and where I was thinking about going. He goes, you need to preach on Psalm 23. And he's like, my church has been preaching on Psalm 23, and this guy's been in scripture for years. And he's like, and God's showing me amazing things. Y'all can't be crying, all right? <laughs> um, but he's been, he, he's like, Psalm 23, my pastor's been going through this, and it's been showing me these incredible things. And he started going through what has been going on in his life with Psalm 23. And he also was talking about how he used to be a uh, 
a sheep farmer as well. And he was telling me about all these little traits and things that sheep have. And when we get into Psalm 23, you'll see that being a sheep is, or knowing about sheep is pretty important within that passage of Scripture. And then we go to my grandma's funeral the next day, and Psalm 23 is right out, right there in front of us. And I was like, I got to preach on that. So this morning, uh, I'm preaching on Psalm 23, and it kind of fits where we've been over the last several months as a, as a, as a church. We've been preaching, uh, Chad has been leading messages on the life of David. And David wrote Psalm 23. It's a beautiful passage of scripture. And we look at David's life and you see that he's had some really great highs in his life. I mean, defeating the giant Goliath. Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't imagine how that felt that day. But he's also had some really low lows in his life. You think of his sin with Bathsheba. Just really great highs and really low lows. But one constant in his life was his walk with the Father. David was known as a man after God's own heart. And this morning I want to read uh, Psalm 23 for us um, and dive into uh, what God has been showing me uh, through this passage of Scripture and what I hope he can show you this morning. So let's read Psalm 23 this morning. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. After reading this passage of scripture, you might look at David, uh, see what David's writing here, and you're like, man, this man seemed really at peace with where he was in his life. But I was listening to a a message by uh, Charles Spurgeon. He was preaching on Psalm 23, specifically verse 5. And as he was uh, starting his message, he was reminding the congregation just what David's life looked like. David's life was a constant battle. There was always something going on in David's life. From uh, the moment he was anointed the next king of Israel, his brothers uh, who were older and thought they should be king, there was all, all of a sudden there was a little battle in his own immediate family. He goes into the courts with Saul. And Saul wants to kill him. There's a constant struggle of him running from Saul. As he as he as growing into being a king, he's constantly on the run, constantly in a battle. And once he is king, he remains in battle. He, Israel is in and out of war the entire time he is king. There was nothing peaceful about all the situations going on in David's life. But he writes one of the most peef, peaceful psalms that we read. Why is that? I think, it's, I think it's really because it starts with the Lord is my shepherd. He had the spiritual peace about him, and it starts with him declaring the Lord is my shepherd. Um, David, in that one line, addresses that God is his guide, his protector, his provider, and his source of life, all within one phrase. 
in comparing God to a shepherd, David knew he was also comparing himself to a sheep. There's a couple of characteristics of sheep. First of all, they are not the brightest crayon in the box. Um, They are actually pretty dumb animals. They are really defenseless animals. Uh, There's nothing intimidating about a sheep. Um, And they are also just prone to wander off. It's like a junior high boy. They are prone to wander off. Right? You look, you're like, I've got all of them. You turn, you look back, and they're gone. And you're like, where did they go? Um, So um, the, the main point this morning is God is our perfect shepherd. God is the perfect shepherd in our life. And as we dive into this, I'm going to break down why he's the perfect shepherd. Our first point is he is the caring shepherd. We read uh, verses 1 through 3 again. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Shepherds, when they would go out into the field, they wouldn't just have like, like, like I've got like five junior high boys. No, they, he, these shepherds would have like hundreds of sheep that they would watch. And not only would they have to just watch the entire flock, but they would also have to individually know each sheep. They would have to be looking for uh, sheep that were about to have uh, little babies. They, were about to, they, they would have to look for sheep that were sick or hurting, or, and they would have to watch out for things that would harm them in the fields that they were grazing in. So this morning, as we dive into uh, these verses, we'd be reminded that God knows each and every one of us. God is looking out for each and every one of us, and he is caring for each and every one of us. He's just not looking at the church and going, okay, the church is okay. He's looking at the individual. He's saying, is Matt okay? Is Chad okay? Is Jezebel okay? He's looking at the individual. Jezebel's like, you just called me out. Um, but diving into the first subpoint this morning, it, it's he makes he makes, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Shepherds must find a flock, a, a place where their flock can just graze and rest for the day, where they can gain the nutrients they need to survive. And he must also just make them stay there, which is also a feat in and of itself. And God does this for us, church. God certainly does this for us because he brings us to his word. God gives us his word in situations sometimes that we don't even imagine, like we don't associate scripture with the situation we're in and then someone comes in and we're telling them what's going on and they go, that reminds me. And they, and they give us a verse and we're like, whoa, that was good. I need more of that. God leads us to, or God makes us come to a pasture where we hear his word in a uh, In the Bible, Isaiah 40, verse 8 says, The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. We can be rest assured that when God brings us to his word, it is not going to let us down. It is not true one moment and then untrue the next. God's word is steady, it is sure, and it is so good for us. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. 
God's word isn't just some book. It is an alive and active part of our life. As we study God's word, we see the fact that, that it's not something that was written for t- people 2,000 years ago to teach them good morals. But it is something that can teach us, that can, um, that can just show us God's plan for our life. It is so much to us when we dive into God's word. God's word is exactly what we need. It tells us that we are loved, that we are forgiven, that we are set free, that we are set apart, that we are chosen, adopted, and wonderfully made. What other book can do that? There is no other book. And it's all because we have God the Father. God the Father gave us his word so that we can graze and that we can rest easy. We all go through struggles. We all go through difficult times. But when we rest in God's word, we can find peace, just like David had as he's writing this psalm. Our next point this morning is it says, God leads us. He leads us. He leads me beside still waters. Man, God is constantly moving in our lives. God never wants us to just remain idle. And he doesn't just sit there and go like, okay, you're good enough now. He is constantly working in our life. He's chiseling away little things that need to be taken away from our life. And he's, at, and he's teaching us new things constantly, just like he was um, showing me this scripture. He's showing me this scripture, and I just, I just know that he's leading me to grow deeper in a knowledge in, a deeper knowledge of him and also to grow in a relationship with him. And I love it because in, uh, in Philippians 1, Paul writes these words to the church. He says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring you into completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Man, God has been showing me recently through all the stuff going on in my life, all the chaos and all that stuff, the good chaos, the bad chaos. Man, It is easy to be at peace during peaceful times. It is really hard to be at peace when there's a lot of chaos going around you. Man, we all have stresses. We all have chaos. Not one person in this room is not going through something. You're going through work struggles. You're going through um, family struggles. You're going through... uh, all sorts of things that can, that can go on in our lives. School for, for students. We're sitting there and we can just be overwhelmed with stress constantly in our lives. But God is, I love it because he says, he leads me beside still waters. Man, he's saying in the midst of all the chaos, I have this steady peace as I lead you. He's not saying once you get to me, you'll be at peace. He's going, I'm leading you along this path. I'm with you in this path. And I just love the fact that it says he leads us. He doesn't push us on ahead of him and say, you figure it out on your own. He goes, I'm going to be right there with you through it all. And uh, I love it because Jesus kind of showed us an example of what it looks like to be at peace in the midst of chaos. Um, I, I, I come to mind as a... Uh, story where the disciples and him get in a boat and they go out and all of a sudden Jesus falls asleep and as Jesus is asleep this storm comes right 
and the disciples start freaking out. They thought this, this was the moment that they were going to die. And they're sitting there going, what is going on? How are we going to survive this? And they look over and Jesus is out. He is asleep. Man, that is a beautiful picture of what it means to kind of have like a peace in the middle of a storm. And when the disciples wake up Jesus, he didn't sit there and go like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Oh my gosh, how are we going to get out of this? Oh my gosh. No, he didn't say that. Instead, he calmly assesses the situation because he knew who was in control. His father was in control of that storm. And if Jesus shows us that example, we can live by that example. We can know our Father is in control as he's leading us. And it says he leads us beside still waters. So are you letting God lead you this morning? Are you trying to run ahead of God? Are you trying to let God kind of smooth out the situation before you go through it? Because God wants to walk with you through that. We can be at peace as God leads us in the midst of chaos, church. That's a true statement. Our next point this morning is he restores us. He restores us. We all fall short sometimes, don't we? We all mess up sometimes. We all sometimes let stress get uh, to us sometimes as well, don't we? That moment like, you're in the car driving and the kids in the back seat yelling and you're just sitting there driving and you're thinking about your day at work and then all of a sudden the kid keeps yelling and all of a sudden you're like snapping back at the kid and you're like, oh, what caused me to do that? Stress. Sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we fall short. But God restores us in those times. I love, uh, um, I, listen, uh, I was with, in a lot of Charles Spurgeon this week as I was studying for this and um, I love what he says here about God restoring us. It says, when the, soul, when the soul grows sorrowful, he revives it. When it is sinful, he sanctifies it. And when it is weak, he strengthens it. And we can know that in the, when we fall short, when we mess up, when we let the stress of life get to us, we can run to God. Like that song that we, were, we sang, Run to the Father. We can run to him and he's going to restore us when we're sorrowful, he revives it. When it, we're sinful, he sanctifies it. And when it's weak, he strengthens our soul. And I just love that God does that. He just didn't sit there and leave us in the midst of that and say, work on it yourself and come back to me later. He goes, I'm going to actively restore you. And I love that. A bonus one for you this morning, and it's not in the bulletin, but a bonus one for you is he leads us in righteousness. When we see that God brings us to his word and he guides us in our life and he restores our soul, we can see the Father's love throughout all of that. A God who takes his time to sit there and go, I'm not, just, I'm not just working on the big church, I'm working on the individual within the church. When we see that, we can see the Father's love because he's actively pursuing each and every one of us. This isn't uh, all or nothing. He's like, I want you. And I, I love this song by Matt Redman. Uh, it's a um, song called Communion. And uh, in, in these lyrics, Lord, we remember you, and your remembrance leads us to worship. And as we worship, worship you, our worship leads to communion. We respond to your invitation 
we remember you. This is a kind of a cycle that we, can, that we go through. When we come to know God as our Father, we, uh, we look back on situations that God's brought us through. Maybe it's the moment of your salvation. Maybe it's uh, uh, you stepped out in faith and God used you to do something amazing. And we can look back on that and know that God is, is with us in these situations. And we remember those things. And when we remember those things, it leads us into worship of our God. Because we know that in that moment that we're remembering that we didn't do it on our own. It was God leading us through that. And we can worship God knowing that, God, you brought me here. God, you did this in my life. So we worship him. And our worship leads us to a relationship with him. That communion, that coming together of, of, of God and us. And then as we are in communion with God, he's going to call us out. He's going to invite us into other things that he's doing. Stepping out in faith to do something else in our life. And we, if we step out and we accept that invitation, we respond to that invitation, God's going to do something amazing in our life. God's going to do something big again. And the next time we can look back and remember what God has done and we repeat this process over and over. We can remember and it leads us to worship and it leads to communion and it leads to invitation and we respond. God does that in our lives. He, re- he leads us in his path and we, and we see his love through it and we follow his commands, not because we're s- scared of a lightning bolt coming down and striking us in that moment, but because we are in love with the Father. And when we are in love with the Father, we want to do what the Father calls us to do because we know it's the best thing for us. Next point this morning is God is the protecting shepherd. In verses four and five, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Man, I, um, I'm not a scary movie person, and I'm not a haunted house person. And I say that because when I was in junior high, uh, my family uh, decided to go to a haunted house. It was like in the middle of nowhere, which makes it so much more like scary, right? So we're in the middle of nowhere. We pull up to this like, place that has this haunted house, and we're going in. And it didn't take very long for me to realize I didn't want to be there. Um, my dad, uh, he's right here, and he, he, was, he was standing in front of me. And my sister and I quickly glued ourselves to our, to our dad. Like As we're walking through this haunted house, my dad, he wants to enjoy the haunted house. But if he suddenly stopped, we were like running into his backside. And then if he stopped with, or started going without us knowing, we were like pulling his shirt back because we had a firm grasp on his shirt. We did not want to be in that haunted house. And we knew we felt the safest in that haunted house when we were close with our father. And God walks with us in the valley. I love it because um, my uncle Lynch, as he was um, talking to me about uh, sheep, He was telling me that their main defense system for being a sheep is when they feel threatened, they start stomping. Right? Now, can you imagine a cute little sheep just sitting there stomping? Not very threatening at all. 
Like it's not going to scare away a bear. The wolf is not going to go, oh, no, he's stomping. I'll find somewhere else to eat today. No, sheep are defenseless. Man, and Satan, man, he's going to attack us whether we want it or not. Satan is going to come after us. He came after the Son of God and tempted the Son of God. We're a piece of cake compared to that. But we can know that in the valley, when we're going through all the chaos in our life, that God is with us through that. Right? He is with us. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. You are with me, God. I don't have to fear because I have God with me. We sang the song this morning, you never let go. It is not like we start walking through a valley and God goes, good luck. See you on the other side. No, he walks with us through that situation. He is there to comfort us. He is there to defend for us. Romans uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 31 puts it this way. What then shall we say to these things? If our God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give all things? We shall bring any, uh, who shall bring any charge against God elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Jesus, the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall, who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As, as it is written, for the uh, sake we are being killed all the day long, we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ, our Lord. He is with us through all things. And, uh, man, my granny bee showed me this. And we went and visited her the Saturday before she uh, passed away. And she was ready to run into the arms of our father. She did not fear death because she knew where she was going. She knew whose arms she was running into. I can see this passage of scripture played out in the life of my grandma. Nothing separates us from the love of God, church. He pursues us even when we wander away. He pursues us. And that leads me to my final point this morning. He is the shepherd that blesses us. Last part of verse 5 and verse 6 say this. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He is our great provider, church. He provides for us. He gives us what we need, and that's why at the 
the very first verse in this passage, he says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Why does he not want? Because he knows the Lord will provide for him. Matthew 6, uh, verse 26, or verse 24 starts with this. Uh, or let, verse 26, I was right the first time. Uh, <laughs> Look, the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which today is alive and tomorrow will be thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for today is its own trouble. God, God is our great provider here. God takes care of us. All God asks us to do is to pursue after his righteousness for his glory, to go out and do the things that he's calling us to. And he's like, I'm going to take care of you through it all. And my first reaction when I heard that uh, Casey was pregnant was no. <laughs> to which she responded, yes. I also responded there, no. <laughs> right? This went on for a, a few seconds before I was like, oh my gosh, this is really happening. And man, it took me a couple of minutes and then I knew God's going to provide. Man, I have an amazing family. I have a church family that I absolutely am so excited to bring my child into because I know it's going to be loved. I know it's going to be well taken care of and I know it's going to hear God's word. Man, and in that moment, I can sit there and go, God is going to provide. His goodness and mercy will follow me. All I have to do is seek after his righteousness. My goal is to raise this kid in his righteousness. And he will provide everything that we need. It might not be easy. Sleepless nights I hear are ahead of me, maybe. <laughs> but God's going to provide because he is the great provider, because he is a perfect shepherd. And our takeaway this morning is simply this. We can be at peace because we know we have the perfect shepherd. The perfect shepherd's going to take care of us. He's going to take care of his flock, not just the whole flock, making sure the whole flock's okay, but he's going to make sure each and every single one of his sheep in that flock is well taken care of. When one sheep wanders off, Scripture says that he leaves the flock to pursue after the one that is wandering away and to bring them back to him. So this morning as we go into a time of invitation, there's a, 
a few things that you can do to respond this morning. First is this altar up here. It's not a stage. This is an altar. This is where you can come and come before the Father and just lay your burdens and lay your, uh, cast your cares upon God. And he can take that away and just leave you at peace. This altar is open for you this morning. Chad and I will be up here at the front. We'll be up here at the front if you need someone to talk to or someone to pray for you. We are here for you this morning. You might realize that you're not, you don't know the shepherd this morning, but you want to start a relationship with the perfect shepherd. This morning, there is no better time than this morning to come to know God as your shepherd. So if you have come to a point in your life where you're like, I need to follow God. I want to come into relationship with the Father. Come this morning. Talk with Chad or myself. We'll, we'll, we'll lead you in that. And we would be so excited to do that this morning. If you, uh, this morning, if you're like, I need to step out in faith and do either make this my church home or Maybe you've already met, this is your church home, but you need, you're, you're being called to a ministry within the church. What better time than this morning to step out and say, I'm going to serve in the children's ministry. I'm going to serve in the student ministry. I want to be a teacher for our adult classes. There are several ways to respond this morning. So as our worship team comes up to, to play and to lead us, we can just declare how great God is this morning as we respond in invitation. So I'm going to pray. Um, for us this morning as our worship team comes up. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning. We just thank you for the fact that you are a, a good and you are a perfect shepherd. That you lead us and guide us, that you speak your word over us and into our life, God. That you continually move and you're leading us through the valley. You're with us in the midst of everything. And we just thank you for that because you are great. You are good. You are holy. And this morning, if there's someone in this room that needs to respond, God, lay it on their heart. Take the stress and the, and the, the burden off of them and just have them come forward. God, give them the, the strength. Give them the the will to come up and declare who you are. And we just love you and we thank you for all this this morning. We just thank you for your word and how it speaks to us and teaches us. For you are great and you are holy. In your name we pray this. Amen. Can you stand up and sing with us this morning?